Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 2, episode 22, Wedding Bell Blues. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams, written by Nancy Miller, directed by George Montesi, original air date, May 15th, 1989. Kim is a little under the weather this week, but she wanted to power through. So if she's a little softer spoken than usual, or if you hear a little coughing, it's all good. So we're back with season two, episode 22, Wedding Bell Blues. So I got to tell you first, this was strange. So way back in Read My Lips, I pointed out there was a face the camera zoomed in on in the wedding scene that they seemed to zoom in on for no reason whatsoever. So during that recording, I think that was with Doug. It occurred to me that I might know who that was, but I wasn't sure since I had spent so long since I've seen the series, and if I was right, it would be a spoiler, so I didn't want to say. If it was who I thought it was, I expected that they would show this person in the background or something in other episodes, but I never saw him again. The funny thing is, last week, when I saw the name of the episode was Wedding in Black, mm-hmm. I thought he would be in there somewhere, just because of a wedding in the title. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? And since Ooh. that was where we saw him last, and that's the way my mind works. But I didn't see him, so I thought I had just come up with one of my off-the-wall theories about this guy and forgot all about it. But the man I was expecting to show up is in this episode, and it's Johnny. But he doesn't seem to be the same actor that I saw on Read My Lips. Oh, wow. So I made all this stuff up in my head, but he did show up in a wedding episode. So Johnny is the character I was waiting for. But clearly, I did not remember what he looked like. Oh, okay. From way back when. But it's just so odd that I thought about this character. And it was odd that I thought of him when I saw some other actor in a wedding scene. (laughs) And convinced myself it was him. But it's also odd that he did finally show up in a wedding title episode. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm back to who was the guy in the wedding scene and read my lips. Somebody needs to tell me. Oh, wow. I can't help you. (laughs) I know. Nobody could help me. So I'm thinking maybe he was a guy who maybe had another scene in that episode, but they cut it for time. Could be. And they just left his face in there for some reason to drive me crazy (laughs) 35 years later. But once again, this is another episode where all three are not really together during much of the episode. There's been a lot of those lately. Like last week, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I was asking, maybe they all hate each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because really, Ryan and Jack are at the beginning, they leave, and they're at the very end, and that's it. Yeah. So anyway, let's get started. Danny and Gil are in a bar playing pool, although it doesn't seem like they were having a good time. It seems tense, and Danny doesn't seem to be having a good game at all. So Danny loses and asks for a drink. The waitress, Jennifer, seems to think it's not a good idea, but he insists, and he goes back to the pool table. So Jennifer, we find out, is his girlfriend. She pays for his drink because apparently he has a tab that the owner's not happy about. So she makes excuses for him to the bartender, and another woman, I think she's a waitress too, who seems to know that he's not just having a bad night. She thinks he's what he is, and the only person who doesn't seem to see that is Jennifer. So Danny has a pool tournament the next day, and he's just nasty to Jennifer when she tries to convince him that he's just tired and he should not worry about the game he just lost. Mm. While they discuss the game, Gil wins the current game. Danny now owes him $50. So Danny wants to go double or nothing, but Gil won't play until he sees the money. And Danny orders Jennifer to give him her tip money, which is supposed to be their wedding money. He grabs it and tells her to forget about the wedding and throws it on the table. 
So the other waitress goes to the back room for some ice. She's impaled with a pole stick. So at this point, I was guessing it was Jennifer since Danny's still playing. Right, yeah. And I figured she was using the pole stick to help Danny win. So Danny starts to play better and wins as Jennifer happily watches. Over at the store, Jack and Ryan are leaving to find cursed snowshoes. <laughs> I can't see Jack trudging through snow. I know, that was too funny. I said the same thing, I'm going, okay, no snowshoes. So Ryan mentions a Johnny that he met. He's checking out all the pool halls in the area. And he reminds Mickey to call them if she hears from Johnny while they're away. Meanwhile, Jennifer's trying on her wedding gown for her sister, Christy, to alter. They talk about how much their deceased mother liked Danny. But Christy does not seem all that fond of him. She says he's stringing Jennifer along. Jennifer makes excuses. He hurt his back. He isn't able to work. But Christy doesn't feel sorry for him. Jennifer says they're setting a date as soon as he wins the tournament. Christy's not falling for it. She says he's not the marrying kind, and if he really loved her, they'd be married by now. They argue. Christy takes the dress to alter it again because she says that Jennifer's putting on weight. We know what that means. And she Mm -hmm. leaves. Later, Jennifer's weirdly cutting pictures of her and Danny out and talking about white tuxedos, meaning they are faithful. I love white tuxedos. Don't you, sweetheart? It says that we're both faithful. Tells the world that. So first I thought that Jennifer just lets people walk all over her. Yeah. But it kind of seems like she has some issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, later we know that she has some issues, but at this point we don't know that. We just think she just lets people walk all over her. Mm-hmm. So this tuxedo thing was kind of creepy, and it just made me believe even more that Jennifer had some issues and that she was the one using the pull stick. Oh, yeah. And then she jumps up and runs to the bathroom. So... Obviously, it's morning sickness. He doesn't really care that she's sick and apparently doesn't know she's pregnant. I thought she knew at this point, but she doesn't. She finds out later. And he just goes back to sleep. So the next day at the tournament, Danny's playing exceptionally well and Gil seems suspicious. The bartender points out that the other waitress hasn't shown up and asks if Jennifer is doing all right on her own. She's working really hard, but really her only thought is that Danny's winning. Yes. So over at the store, Mickey gets a call from Johnny. He tells her that he's found the pull stick. Mickey's going to meet him at the bar. He says she only needs to know that he's going to be the best-looking guy in the place. (laughs) Oh, my God. She mentions she'll be wearing red, a red shirt, to which he replies he hates red. (laughs) (laughs) So Gil and Johnny argue, because Gil thinks something's up. But Jennifer breaks them up and tells Johnny not to worry. He's made it to the semifinals, and now they have enough money to get married. Oh, my God. Without get married shit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mickey shows up, and Johnny decides that red is now his favorite color. Because she's not only wearing red, but she's a redhead. Johnny tells Mickey about the guy playing who hasn't missed a shot all night. Johnny also tells Mickey that Danny is not going to give up the stick, but he has a plan. So he goes and challenges Danny to a game. Jennifer watches from the bar as Danny misses a shot. So I guess someone will have to die pretty soon. Danny goes over to the bar, and Johnny grabs the stick and runs, but he doesn't make it out of the door before getting stopped by the bouncers and the bartender who throws him out. Outside, Danny drives away, and Mickey finds Johnny with split lip. He tries to pick up Mickey, but also offers to work with her to get the stick back. She declines the offer. He has kind of the same voice and mannerisms as Ryan. Yeah. He's very much like Ryan. And I don't know if that's the way he talks normally or if they're making him act like Ryan because he's working with Mickey. To me, it's just so 80s. 
Yeah, that could be too. Yeah, yeah. That kind of character, that type. That definitely could be too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So inside the bar, Gil, who we find out is Danny's best friend, who would have guessed that, argues with Jennifer about Danny. He also tells her that Danny's using her and he has no intention of getting married. So Jennifer takes the pool stick and stabs Gil with it. I feel like that this Jennifer was psycho even before she got the pool stick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because you know how we always say, do the antiques make a person evil or are they already evil? And I think that she was already, I don't want to say she was evil, but I think she had she had definite problems before she got the stick. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Jennifer's at a clinic or something. It looks like a clinic. And the nurse announces to her and everyone else in the room (laughs) (laughs) that she's pregnant. (laughs) It's like, what? They had no HIPAA law back then. Yeah, I guess not. Mm -mm, That's why they are HIPAA laws. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer comes home in time for Danny to be leaving to get in some practice for the finals. He asks her for money for drinks. So you can see how disappointed she gets each time he does something selfish or crappy. But Mm -hmm. she deludes herself into thinking that everything will change when he wins. Back at the bar, Danny's at the table and Mickey's asking the bartender for a job. Jennifer comes in as Mickey's being hired. The bartender sends Mickey off to get ice and to introduce herself to Jennifer. So Mickey goes in the back room. She introduces herself to Jennifer. And Jennifer's tip to Mickey is not to get too close to the customers, especially to Danny, who's her fiancé. Jennifer tells Mickey that she and Danny will be getting married tomorrow night, right after he wins at Ruby's Bar. This timeline makes no sense to me. Everything is tomorrow night, and it's been like four days now. And they keep saying the tournament's tomorrow, and then it's the next day, and the tournament's tomorrow. This timeline doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So Mickey, while opening the freezer, asks about the game and if Danny uses the same stick. But Jennifer closes the lid before Mickey can see the body inside. And she offers to get the ice for Mickey. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. What bar don't have ice maker? I don't know. It was bad to ice. Yeah, I saw that. It's a bar. You ain't got an ice machine? I didn't even think of that. Unless it was just a cheap dive bar that can't couldn't afford an ice machine. That could be. I don't know. Yeah, that was my first thought going, what, bags of ice? <laughs> or the uh, ice machine? Right, and why do they got to carry a bucket back there if the ice is in bags? Thank you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mickey leaves and Jennifer starts freaking out and talking to her baby. So it's pretty apparent she has daddy issues, too. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want her baby to grow up without a daddy like she did. I wish they gave us more backstory on this. There must be more than just growing up without a father. Sometimes I wish we could get more backstory character development on some of these people. Because like you said in the Bobble episode, you weren't invested in Angelica because we hardly knew anything about her other than the fact that she was a singer. Right, yeah. So you didn't feel all that much about her being a victim. And then off the top of my head, I remember saying that the guy trying to kill his sister in Tattoo would have made more of an impact had we been able to know her more during the episode. Right. You know, they don't develop the characters. And I I know this is kind of supposed to be just like horror. So it's all about the killings and the antique. But I don't know. I think there could be a little more substance. A little more backstory so we feel for these people or the victims. Or even the people who have the antiques. But there hardly is. I mean, in that episode, the girl had one line in the whole episode. 
So right. we, we weren't attached to her. And like you said with Angelica, we weren't attached to her. We just knew she was a singer. Mm-hmm. We weren't invested in her life or anything. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Later at the table, Danny wins his game and is given a trophy as some blonde girl watches. So Danny puts the stick on the table and Mickey tries to go for it, but the bartender interrupts when he orders drinks for the house. Jennifer's hanging all over Danny and asking him to stay over her place that night, but Danny seems to be more interested in the blonde, who's still watching him, and tells Jennifer that he'll have to skip that night. I guess we have to imagine he left with the blonde because we go right to the next day to the store. Right. So Mickey's trying to get in touch with Jack and Ryan when Johnny comes in. He has a lot of questions that Mickey doesn't want to answer, and he's a little upset. She tells him that Ryan will pay him for whatever he agreed to when he gets back, and Johnny uses that to bring up the subject of a date. First he's upset, but he's still trying to ask her out. But Mickey blows him off. So Jennifer's trying on her gown again with her sister, and Christy is bad-mouthing Danny almost right away. Christy tells Jennifer that Danny treats her like dirt, and as she's saying that Danny walks in with flowers. That's guilt for sleeping with the blonde or whoever. So Christy leaves, and Jennifer brings up a tuxedo she wants him to see. I don't know what the thing is about a tuxedo, and I wish they would explain the white tuxedo, meaning you're faithful and all this nonsense. But he doesn't want to hear about it. He only has one thing on his mind, and it's not the same thing as what's on Jennifer's mind. So he gets angry and once again tells her to stop with the wedding. But she just doubles down and tells him that she'll take care of him and everything will be fine. So she's probably going to have to kill someone else to get him through the tournament. And my money was on the sister at this point. And actually, that's what I thought as soon as they showed us that she had a sister. I thought she was going to have to kill her at some point for Danny. So Danny does tell her that they can tie the knot after he wins the $5,000. So this guy's just stringing her along. And everybody knows it but her. So later, it's closing time at the bar. The bartender tells Jennifer to show Mickey how to lock up. He also thinks that he'll only need one of them the next day. So again, it's the next day. It was the next day yesterday. And now it's the next day again. Yep. He'll only need one of them the next day because the tournament's at a different bar. So everybody will be there and they won't be as busy at his bar. So she needs to work that out with Mickey. And before he leaves, he points out how much money's on Danny at the tournament the next day. So we move on to Danny playing at some point in time, and I don't know what... Is this the next day again? I don't think it's the next day. But this doesn't look like the tournament, is it? Well, I didn't think that either, for this a low-budget tournament. Yeah, but the tournament's in another bar, I thought. I'm very confused. I don't know. It's just, usually so, there's a tournament, there's more people. Right. And it just, was just so low budget. So I was like, okay, that's all I could do is go, okay. Okay, it's been the next day for four days. Yeah. So Danny misses his shot and throws a fit. 
Jessica tries to get him to come home with her. And once again, he tells her not tonight. It's bad luck to see the bride before the wedding. So the wedding's supposed to be tomorrow after the tournament. So what was this? Am I totally confused? And the blonde is at the bar again. So we're expecting him to go home with the blonde again. So Mickey knows exactly what's going on and gives the blonde a look, which I thought was funny. Because the blonde knew that Mickey knew what was going on. (laughs) So Danny leaves and Jennifer puts the pool stick away as Mickey watches. And this is confusing to me too, but we'll get to that. Jennifer and Mickey talk about the wedding and Danny while they're cleaning up. Now the bar is closed, so this is the end of this day, right? We keep seeing the end of days and the next day. And every day is supposed to be the day of the tournament. I don't get it. Yeah. I was kind of sure Mickey was going to be on her hit list since they were alone there. Jennifer tries to tell Mickey that Danny has more confidence now that they're getting married. She sure thinks marriage is the be-all, end-all of anything. Eh. Wrong. 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 Wrong answer. Wrong answer. (laughs) So Mickey asks about the pool stick. Jennifer says that she doesn't know where he found it. Now, didn't she say, didn't she give him the pool stick for an engagement present? I'm very confused about this pool stick. Yes, she is. Yes. Okay. Because I'm going to talk later how I'm confused about this pool stick. It doesn't make sense. So Mickey has her back turned to Jennifer, and Jennifer's aiming the stick at Mickey, but Johnny comes banging on the door and saves her from getting impaled. Jennifer recognizes him as the guy who tried to steal the stick, and Mickey puts on an act that she's rejected him already, and he's hounding her. He goes along with the act and tells her that she can't get away from him that easily. Johnny asks to walk Mickey to her car, and Jennifer tells her to go. So Mickey's pissed and blames him for the pool stick being locked up in the bar and out of her reach, although she doesn't know that he saved her, and he doesn't know he saved her. But Johnny just keeps trying to hit on her. And Mickey tells him that there's more going on here than he knows, and he needs to stay out of it. But he tells her he's already in it, which is true. So Mickey leaves, and Johnny breaks into the bar. He grabs all of the pool sticks and goes into the back room where he finds Gil in the freezer. So why is he going into the back room? Was he looking for a place to hide the sticks? I would imagine he'd just take them, which he did later. But why look in the freezer? What was he looking for? Was he looking to see if they were hiding additional pool sticks in the freezer? Oh, I used to put on his hand. So at the store, Mickey rushes to answer the door in the middle of the night. It's Johnny with the pool sticks. He insists that Mickey tell him what's going on. He yells about not being told about people dying while Mickey breaks the sticks trying to figure out which one is the right one. (laughs) So Johnny's getting angrier because he doesn't know why she's breaking them. (laughs) And he's already angry about the dead body and not being told that there's death involved. So he tells her to stop treating him like a dumb kid and... He wants to know why someone killed Gil because he's sure they'll do it again. So his concern about other people dying is what makes Mickey decide to tell him the truth. Right. That Q-stick is cursed. (sighs) What do you mean cursed? Like by the devil? Yes. And I don't understand it because Danny didn't take it with him when he left. She tells him the stick is cursed, but because it's not there... She's wondering who has it as Danny took his own stick. So if I'm understanding this correctly, the stick that Danny has and packed in his case, because we saw him do that, right? Yes. Is not the stick that Jennifer uses to kill. Yeah, that's the part I didn't understand either. So is that the one she gave him for their engagement? That's what I bought. Okay, so that, but that's not the cursed stick, right? I thought it was. So did I. That's why I'm confused. Is the cursed one the one she hangs up in the bar? Yes, it is. So she's keeping the cursed one at the bar, and he's just playing with a plain old, I don't understand. If he has his own pool stick, he wouldn't be playing with the cursed one at the bar, because he has his own pool stick, right? 
Right. Okay, so if the cursed one's usually hanging in the bar and she has to kill people with it, how does the curse know who to give the winning power to if Danny's using his own stick? Right. Would it make sense to you that if the stick was cursed and they had to kill people with it to give them luck, that they would have to actually use it, right? And there's never any traces of blood on it. Then none of this makes sense to me. Nope. So I'm glad it doesn't make sense to you because I thought I was losing it. Because I kept rewinding and rewinding saying, I don't really understand what's going on. All right. So Mickey and Johnny go through Ryan's notes because Mickey wants to know what made Ryan think the stick would be found in a bar or a pool hall. He must have found something to make him think that. I mean, I don't know, maybe because it's a pool stick? Well, a pool stick usually are in the bar. I mean, somebody could have it in their house, yeah. So Johnny finds an article about the death of a burglar at some roadhouse. The waitress named Sherry was attacked and killed the attacker with the pool stick. But the photo of Sherry is actually Jennifer. So Mickey explains how the stick works. Killing gives the stick power. But Mickey's confused because Jennifer gave the stick to Danny as an engagement present, but he was still losing. And she realizes that Jennifer must be the one doing the killing. A local cocktail waitress was released after questioning in the death of a burglar at O'Malley's Roadhouse last night. Waitress Sherry McGrath was locking up when attacked by... She killed him with a pool stick. Johnny, look! That's Jennifer. That's how she knows what the Q can do. She must have changed her name and moved to another bar for work. But why? Why is she doing this? Killing people powers that stick. And in return, it gives you something special. You mean those amazing shots Danny's been making? So the one he has isn't the one that is cursed. That's all we know. We don't know how the curse knows to help Johnny win. I mean, Danny win. Yeah, I have no clue. Like I said, she realizes that Jennifer must be the one doing the killing. So over at the apartment, Jennifer is having a conversation with the baby again. A lot of people talk to their baby while they're pregnant, but this seems to be answering questions and having a whole two-way conversation. (laughs) I was going to tell Daddy this afternoon, honest. It was just so beautiful. I want to wait until tomorrow to tell him. I'll do it then, I promise. I promise. I just, just want to make sure that he's all ours first, okay? Okay, precious? Now, this is another part I don't get. Whatever she answered, whatever she thinks the baby's asking her, She says she just wants to make sure that Danny is all theirs. So first, she's totally delusional and believes that nothing will stand in the way of their wedding. I mean, it seems to me that this guy could bring a date to his own wedding and she would just justify it somehow, right? Yes, yes indeed. But now with the making sure he's theirs, it sounds like she's suspicious. But her behavior up till now would lead us to believe that she's oblivious to everything and just wants to get married. So I don't know where this making sure he's theirs is coming from. And what if she finds out he's not theirs? It doesn't seem like she would cancel the wedding for any reason whatsoever, right? Right. She calls Danny. She says she could bring his stick to the tournament the next day. Again, it's the next day. I don't understand this timeline. But she's busy and won't be able to see him until then. She also tells him that she wants to start a family right away, but he blows that off and wants to get more sleep. When he hangs up the phone, we see someone in his bed. So she deludes herself into thinking that he's accepted starting a family, which he never said. Mickey and Johnny arrive at Jennifer's apartment. They don't find anything in the apartment, but their search is cut short when the police come to the door. Johnny sends Mickey out the bathroom window, and he goes to the door to distract the cops. Then we move over to Jennifer, getting to the bar with Danny's pool stick, and guess what she finds? Bam! It's your sister! (laughs) 
I like that twist. That was a good one. I know, that was. That was really good. Yeah. In true gaslighting behavior, he actually yells at her for coming there without calling first. Yeah, well, that's what they do. You should have called first. Right, I know. Totally gaslighting her. Her sister sends Danny to make Jennifer a drink and says she'll handle her. Chrissy tells her she's not the only one. And he'll never change. And it's not even like Christy likes him or anything, which we know she doesn't. It's just that it's fun. So she's telling her all this while Jennifer opens the pool stick case. So now she has the stick in the case. So it's not the one hanging in the bar. Or she took the one hanging in the bar. She says no one will stop this wedding and stabs her sister as Danny walks in the room. Earlier, when I said I thought she was going to kill her sister, I thought it was going to be because she didn't approve of Danny. I didn't see this coming at all. I didn't see it coming, but yeah. No, not at all. She tells Danny that this is how he's been winning and that he is going to marry her. And now we move on to the tournament. Now this is the other bar, finally. Danny seems to be doing well. He wins and he moves on to the finals. Again, I thought he was already in the finals. He was in a semifinal. Okay. I know what you said. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm going to the semifinals and I'm going, huh? Right. And so when they said he was moving on to the semifinals, I thought the semifinals was one of the other times he was playing that we didn't know what the heck was going on when it was supposed to be the tournament. Right. So I already thought he moved to the finals. I don't know. So the bartender from the bar where Danny plays and Jennifer works has lots of money on Danny. But Danny seems hesitant and tries to warn him from betting too much. So Johnny shows up at the bar. Apparently, he let himself get arrested so Mickey could escape the apartment earlier. Mickey knows, I guess by the way Danny's playing, that Jennifer has used a stick again. So now we're doing practice, I guess. So during practice, Johnny noticed that Danny missed a shot, which means Jennifer is probably going to have to kill again so he can win. Danny leaves abruptly. Mickey and Johnny follow. Then we switch scenes and find ourselves at the wedding setup, and she's in her gown. Danny arrives to tell her that the stick wasn't working. He tries to convince her to forget it all, and they just leave. But Jennifer is already looking for her next victim so he can win. Danny tells her that it's over, they fight. Johnny comes crashing through the door and gets knocked out with the stick. Danny gets the upper hand and beats Jennifer with the stick and leaves her laying on the floor. He goes back to the bar to finish the tournament. He's nervous, taking his turn, but his first shot was a good one, so we're assuming Jennifer is dead. We're figuring he killed her and that, so he has luck again. But Jennifer shows up bloody in her wedding gown singing, You Didn't Kill Me. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. And she stabs Danny over and over again with something. Probably her cake cutter, I don't know. <laughs> In front of everyone. Her boss pulls her off Danny. She seems to die. But then we get a shot of Danny looking very dead on the floor. So in the next scene, Mickey and Johnny come back to the store with the stick. Jack and Ryan are surprised. Johnny tells them that he knows what they do. And Mickey explains where they found the stick. He tries again to get Mickey to have dinner with him. And he offers to help them again in the future if they need help. So, the Cursed Antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is a pool stick that grants unbeatable skill at pool after it's used to kill someone. And I'm going to stop doing repeat actors because IMDb isn't listing the specific episodes anymore. And I can't always figure out what episode it was by the character name. And as far as I can tell, there were no warehouse connections unless you can think of something. No. So what did you think of this episode? I mean, it was okay. It did leave you hanging out which cute stick he was using. The only surprise was really technically is when um, it was the sister that he was with and not the girl. Right. Because I thought the blonde was going to die. Yes. That was my twist on, ooh, she didn't die. Yeah, I like this one too. 
I like that we were made to believe that Danny was sleeping with the blonde, like you said, which I'm sure happened somewhere along the line. We just didn't see it. But that he was also sleeping with the sister. I like that they threw that in. Yeah. I also like the fact that in this case, the person at the beginning that we would automatically assume had and was using the antique Danny really didn't know anything about it. Right. And that Jennifer was the one using it to help him. And basically herself, because she thought he'd marry her if he'd won. But I do wish that it wasn't that easy to figure out so close to the beginning. Yeah. I do wish they let us think that it was Danny. I mean, because it was like in the first scene, you figured out it wasn't him, it was Jennifer. I wish they let that play out a little longer. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I liked it. It was way too confusing about the timeline and the tournaments. And yes, the pool stick. Yeah, no, it wasn't a bad episode. It was, you know, okay. No, so now my only question is, who is the guy in the wedding scene in Read My Lips? Somebody needs to tell me. Oh, <laughs> yes, somebody please tell her. Please, I don't know. please. I went back and looked at the episode when this guy showed up because I was like, I don't think that was the guy. But I went back and looked at that scene and it did not look like him unless he dyed his hair or something. So I don't know what that was all about. But this was the guy I was waiting for. I knew he was coming. I, apparently, I didn't remember what he looked like at all. <laughs> so we'll be back for episode 23? Yep. Right? We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. We'll be taking a week off for the holidays. Join us in two weeks for season two, episode 23. Happy holidays. Bye. See you later. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, Provided by Anton Kornienko. Pixabay user 147-98912. Free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.